today I've had the absolute delight to speak to Jack Pranksy. Uh, he's he's a really lovely man. He's a Three Principles author. He's a trainer. He's a practitioner. He coaches coaches. Um, and he's written some beautiful books. Um, he wrote Somebody Should Have Told Us, which was a really defining book for me, uh, followed by Seduced by Consciousness. Um, and then he, one of his other books, and he's written quite a few, one of his other books is called Parenting from the Heart. And I recommend this to pretty much every parent I come in contact with. Um, and I recommend it to you too, as you'll hear me say in the episode. And uh, Jack uh, really looks at parenting from a different viewpoint, from from a day a place of clear understanding and and quiet mind. It's really lovely. Now he did say that he'd love to come back, and he said that if anybody who listens wants to drop me a line to ask me a specific point about parenting, he'd be really happy once we collect them up to do an episode directly linked to what you want to hear. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Jack. It's a pleasure to have you on Precarious Parenting. It's a pleasure to be here. Ah, uh, I just said to you off um, off air that I'm a big fan, so I hope I can stay professional throughout this uh, recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I hope I can too. Well, you did say that you might be in your under underwear, and I'm really glad you. Have, so, <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks for telling everybody that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so listen. Um, what I'd love is if you could just give a brief kind of description of, of, of where you're at now, like geographically and what work you're doing and what, you know, a summary of what you have been doing. And then we'll go into it more in more detail later. Well, I, I'm currently in, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Western Massachusetts in the USA. And um, I'm actually officially retired. <laughs> but... I found out I was um, not being able to really make it <laughs> on <laughs> on just my retirement income, and so I've started to do a mentoring group, and um, you know I, I do some coaching when people can find me. I don't advertise myself, so you know I do, but I don't do more than one a day. Right. So, and if I'm doing a podcast or a webinar like this. I don't do a coaching session besides. So I'm just uh, out there trying to um, spread the word, spread the love as much as possible. Yeah, which is why I wanted you on this podcast series. But you're, but but as at this stage in your life, you know, you're taking it slower, but that wasn't the case throughout your life, was it? You know, with the work that you've achieved, the awards that you've won, could you give us a... A sort of summary of, of what you've done? Yeah, I was kind of a maniac. I was very <laughs> driven, very driven for a while. Um, well, my field is prevention of problem behaviors. And um, I got to the point where I thought I knew enough to write a book about it. Mm. And then I bumped into this guy named Roger Mills, who was getting better results than anything that I had seen in prevention before. and. He, it really, well, he brought with him a couple of women from the housing projects that he was working in. And when they started to talk, it just uh, did something to me. Mm. And uh, I, 
everything that he was doing was from the inside out and everything I had been doing was from the outside in. So it mm -hmm. totally shook me up and um, I didn't trust it at first. But as soon as I started really looking in this direction and, and grasping what it was all about, it completely uh, turned my head around about approach to life. And it took me a little while longer to get my head turned around about parenting from the inside out. Mm. So I ended up writing a book about that called Parenting from the Heart. Mm. And that's going to be a big basis of our conversation today. Okay. And and because you've written numerous books, you've 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 co-authored uh, more books on top of that, and um, you know you've created um, the first spiritual spirituality of sorry. Let me say that again. Spirituality of prevention. Conference. Thanks, Jack. Yes. Um, you've you. You brought in the first state prevention law in the country? That's true. What does that mean? Well, the, um, you know, all these state agencies are responsible for picking up the pieces of all these problem behaviors like uh, mm -hmm. delinquency and child abuse and sexual abuse and teenage mm -hmm. pregnancy and teenage suicide and all that kind of stuff. and so some of us thought that it would be a really good idea for state agencies to be responsible for trying to prevent those behaviors as well as just, uh, you know, deal with them after the fact. Mm -hmm. So that's what that law was about is we, we required state agencies to contribute to a, uh, a prevention plan, state mm -hmm. prevention plan, and then conduct implementation practices in accordance with the plan. And uh, I'm not sure it worked very well, but it's a great idea. <laughs> well, I guess um, a multi-agency approach is always going to be tough, but at least you got it on the table. At least you That's got true. prevention actually something that couldn't be ignored anymore. That's right. Were That's you working true. with schools as well, or, or where did the work I was at the I was at the time. I was working with... Um, low-income communities, was mm. working with kids. So, you know, it kind of ran the gamut. Yeah. Um, I'm just reading off, off, off a list I've got at the moment. The first school climate improvement programs in Vermont. Uh, Vermont's juvenile too. court di uh, diversion. Uh, diversion system. What does that yeah. mean? Wow, I did all that. That's amazing. I know. It was like, that's my ancient history. <laughs> that's before I saw what I saw about the inside out. Uh, is world. it? This yes. is before then? Yes, before then. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. So you were. You I were. Talk about that, really. <laughs> well, you were. So the, the picture that I'm getting is you were an established, we would say maybe youth worker, um, um, youth for us i think uh, one of the projects i work with goes up to 25 but you were you were focused on trying to prevent all those uh traps in inverted commas that that younger adults fall into yes. you were really trying to do that and then you and then you heard uh somebody give a message about um looking inside out not outside in right 
I thought he was doing everything backwards. Tell me a little bit about that then. What did you what what insight did you get from that? How did that change things? Well, in in prevention from the outside in, which is what most people practice, um, you know, it's like people grow up in in uh, very difficult environments. So the idea is to change those environmental conditions and and then hopefully, you know, that would lead to people feeling these healthy self-perceptions mm. that they're capable, important, and powerful. Mm. And then that would lead to um, feeling really uh, whole and, and uh, healthy within oneself. Mm. So prevention from the inside out completely turns that around. It starts with the knowing that everybody is healthy and whole inside themselves already. And the only thing that can get in its way, or at least that it can appear to get in its way, is if um, we think ourselves away from it inadvertently. Mm. And when people gain that understanding, they, they then feel like they're more capable, important, and powerful. Mm. and then they uh, naturally change their family conditions. And then they, if a critical mass catches on to this, they then together work to change the conditions in their environment. Mm. So it's all like totally backwards yeah. in the way that, that it really works. And, and my own personal experience is that it works about 10 times better. Yeah. Ten times better when we really see it for ourselves. Because you you wrote, um, somebody should have told us with an exclamation mark, which is so right, because it's like, oh, my God, why didn't anybody ever tell me this? Right. And uh, simple truths for living well. And, and it's I've actually got the book in my hand, which isn't very helpful for anybody else. Um, <laughs> and what I love about it is it's you're sharing this understanding and, and what it meant for you, but you're also sharing loads of case studies of other people's stories which I really for me that was a really practical way to see what you were talking about and and this dish this book shifted something for me it really did so I'm really grateful Uh, what kind of feedback have you had from other people about that you mean other than a lot of people saying that it changed their lives (laughs) yeah because that might not be enough (laughs) i mean that it's 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 very um i'm so grateful you know that i happen to be the um the vehicle for that happening and it's very humbling really because it's Mm -hmm. not really it's not me Mm -hmm. you know it's not what i say it's just that for some reason i was lucky enough to have people get insights about it from within themselves and that's really what changes people yeah and and we're going to talk about this more when we talk about parenting from the heart uh the book i really want to you know look at with you because i think when we realize that 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 husband or that job or that child or or the weather or not enough money that isn't the source of my pain. When we when we can actually see that uh, 
we feel differently about those things depending on our mood state. Well, it, you know, and it's a wrench. To, I mean, we go about our business trying to, or I mean, really believing that it's because of what happens to us in the outside world that makes us feel the way that we do. But we don't realize that there's something that stands in between those outside events and us, and that is our own thinking. Mm -hmm. So that stuff always gets filtered through our own thinking, and that's why we come out in um, one place or another. Now, yeah. I, I, just, I just realized something fairly recently, uh, within the last couple of months or so, that um, I, I found that it's really helpful to separate out what is really true, like what's really happening from everything else. Because I guess I, let's use an example from kids, as long as we're going in the direction of parenting. So mm -hmm. let's say our kid does something that we don't like and we get really angry about it. So we think it's because of what the kid did that makes us angry. So separating it out, what exactly did the kid do? Let's say um, he carelessly knocked over something that was very valuable to us. And we think, and so that's the truth. You know, he did knock that over. But then everything else, the meaning we make of it for our lives and for the kid's life, is all our creation. Mm. And if we can separate out what is really the truth of what's happening and everything else, which is the meaning we make of it for ourselves, and realizing that that's using our own power of thought, you could say, which is a creative force within us to come up with anything, and we come up with whatever makes us angry or makes us um sad or makes us bothered or makes us worried or anxious or depressed or mm. happy or, mm. or grateful you know mm. or yeah. you know compassionate or anything like that because mm. you're not talking about um you know for anybody just listening into this you're not talking about controlling our thoughts or stopping our thoughts or only no. have positive thinking you're not talking about anything like that are you no i'm saying what we see is what we get yeah yeah the lens that we look through the world um yes. i was talking to somebody recently and uh, she's a really really lovely uh woman and she's broken her arm and she said oh since my arm's been in plaster i'm just not the same person anymore and it's like well you know i can't see that that's a great example though yeah fact the arm is broken yeah everything else is her own thinking yeah. inadvertently yeah so if if we're giving up on life it means that we're having uh thinking that we create not on purpose yeah but we come up with the idea that it means that our life is just not the same yeah that's not truth the only mm -hmm. thing that's truth is the arm is broken yeah and we are our harshest critic aren't we we Some are the harsh, harsh well yeah and it's <laughs> a lot very of people easy, it's very easy to fall back into that and when we think about parents um 
you know, we often feel that we've done it wrong or we should have done this or we must do that or all these things. So I want to just move on to parenting from the heart. And and I literally recommend this to every parent I, um, I'm in contact with. I just think it's a beautiful book and it's exactly as I see it, guiding parents to look at their world and their family's world from a different perspective. Yes, that's that true. fair? Yes. And it's also to, um, be, as a parent, to be guided by our own wisdom, yeah. which everybody has within them. It just gets covered up by our thinking, so we can't really uh, relate to it a lot. But it's always there. And ultimately, since our kids are going to be leaving us at some point, we want them to be guided by their own wisdom, too, mm. and know how to access it. Mm. So we want to access it ourselves whenever we're dealing with them, and we want to help them access it for themselves. Mm. And when you say be guided by our own wisdom, you're not talking about something kooky here. You're talking about... <laughs> You're talking about the thing that we know instinctively. All people have to do is, is ask themselves, where are they or what are they doing when they get their best ideas? And they will come up with things like in the shower or just before they're going to sleep or just before they're waking up or taking a walk or things that when the mind is relaxed. Yeah. So when the mind is relaxed or it clears, that wisdom that is really inside of us already mm. um, gets to be heard. Because mm. otherwise, it's like this heavy metal band playing in our head. And, mm. you know, wisdom is speaking like uh, a soft acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. It's like an it's like a, a really loud orchestra, but there's a flute. Yes. Yeah, it's always playing. And so we can't hear the flute or the soft mm. acoustic guitar as long as the heavy metal band is playing. But when it and that's like our the what we carry around in our heads most of the time with our own thinking. Yeah. But when that shuts off, clears, or quiets down, it's there for us. And yeah. that's what we want to be guided by. And all we have to do really to hear it is to take a step back from the situation. Let our head clear about it. And um, then we will, we will know eventually what to do. Yeah. I heard a really nice line and it was so simple. And it said, um, when we're stressed out, we're just not at our best. And when, when it's stressed out, I guess it means overwhelmed or emotional or whatever. But we're just not up. It's not the right time to make decisions. That's absolutely true. Mm. And I would throw in another one because parents get into fear a lot yes. about what their kids are up to and are doing yeah. and not knowing what to do themselves. Yeah. And when, when we are um, being, uh, I don't know what, I guess, guided by fear, mm. um, we're going to be really looking in uh, a direction that's not going to be very helpful to us. Yeah, yeah. But it's so innocent. It's all innocent. Yeah. 
I think that's a really good point. You know, none of us are doing it on purpose and there's absolutely no judgment to the conversation we're having because we've all done it. I'm a step parent, mm-hmm. you know, and I, you know, I can hold my hand up to lots of times that I've spoken out from a busy mind when it, it would have been perhaps better if I'd just quietened, you know, just wait. Well, join the crowd. I mean, we all yeah, do right. that. Mm, no matter how how many no matter how much people look in the direction of this inside out understanding mm-hmm. um we still forget and sometimes are just guided by our own fear which yeah. comes from our thinking yeah and then we get caught up in overthinking about the overthinking about the fear we were thinking, which we didn't need to be thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There's a lot of thought going on. There's a lot. That is is unnecessary and unhelpful. Yeah. So coming from um, the the other world before this, this understanding, you know, a prevention, you, you decided to write this book, Parenting from the Heart. You know, why then? And and this is like a massive question, but what was the what was the key purpose of you of you writing to parents? Well, as part of prevention, so this is when I was in the outside in world. Right. I really had this idea that uh I wanted to help parents um see what they could do to prevent these problems, you know, like I mentioned in alcohol and drug abuse, I think I mm-hmm. may have forgotten to mention that, yeah. uh, which is one of the biggest ones. Um, right. You know, and, and I knew like, if you go back f- far enough in your, you know, if you take a step back from the actual behaviors and go back to what creates a healthy environment, um, that's what I wanted to, to do. But then once I got involved in this inside out understanding, which we call the three principles, mm-hmm. used to be called health realization in some circles, mm. but um, three principles. So it's like, um, and even then I was not looking at my own parenting through those eyes. I kind of had a blind spot about that in my own parenting, even though in the, most of the rest of my life, I was uh, seeing from the inside out. But Mm. then one day, my daughter had, uh, and this is how the book starts, actually. My Mm. daughter had invited a whole bunch of kids over to the house, and they had essentially trashed the house. Mm. And and my wife came in from a hard day's work, and she said, how could you do this? And at which point my daughter got scared and she went into um, uh, anger back at her mother. And they had this, you know, big argument back and forth. And I'm sitting at the other, on the other side of the room listening to this. And because I was not the one who was emotionally caught up in the situation, I heard something that my daughter was saying that I'd never really heard before you know even though we say to ourselves um you know we love our kids and we do i realize that if my daughter is not feeling love in the moment 
there is nothing that I can say to her that she is going to hear because the words are going to kind of bounce off her head because she's so busy running for cover. Mm -hmm. And so I realized, you know, and I remember as clear as day, my daughter saying, as she said, she said uh, to her mother, you know, you don't hold me on your lap anymore and tell me you love me like you used to. You're just on my case. Mm. And that still gets to me when I, when I think of that, you know, because she was so right. And so when we confront a situation like this, you know, we can say to our kid, um, we're going to talk about this, but we're going to talk about it later when I calm down. You know, so I have to go and get my wits about me until I feel that love in my heart for my kid again. And that's when I want to talk to them because that's what will come through. The love will come through them. And if they feel love, they can hear what went wrong and what um, they can be doing differently yeah that would really help the situation out because you're not saying um it's okay for her to trash the house and it's no. okay you're not saying that at all no you're just I'm saying, saying she can't hear it yeah if if she's busy protecting herself yeah so she's feeling attacked and she's in defense mode which is that's right attack back and that's right. not that's just going to go round and round in circles and i suspect anybody who listens to this episode will have a sense of that right yeah so what i'm really hearing you say is the ability to really deeply listen not to what the person the child is saying but what they're talking about behind the words yes and it's really uh a difficult thing to describe mm. because we need to be in a completely blank mode, which if we're upset about something is not easy. Mm. But if we have anything on our mind about ourselves or about how we're being affected, mm. we're not going to be able to really listen to them. And, and hear what is, it's not even what's behind their words. I mean, that's part of it, but it's what's behind them thinking that this was a good idea to do in the first place. You know, it's thinking at that, it's listening at that kind of a level. And they might not even know why. Yeah. And, and so it's not listening to the words at all because they don't even have the words mm. so it's listening beyond that and we have to be like we have to be an empty vessel mm. totally clear mm. nothing mm. in order to really hear it and you said some of the the things you said in parenting from the heart was that sometimes you weren't able to be in that space in the moment, but your wife might have been, or like you said, 
when your daughter, you know, your wife came back and the house was trashed, you know, your wife was really gunning, but you were sitting back in a different space. So, you know, you're recognizing that as parents, we can only do our best moment to moment. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so can the kids. Yes. They can only be doing their best. And what, what that means is the best they know how to do at the time based on their own thinking. Yeah. So we're innocent because we're only doing the best that we can based on our own thinking, but mm. the kids are equally innocent. They're yeah. only doing the best they know how to do at the time based on the way they see it. Yeah. And so we want to help them gain more perspective on just the way they see it. Yeah. So so being in an environment of love and then feeling that in the moment. And because if we're upset, they're in an environment of upset. They're not in an environment of love mm. as much as we say we love them. Yeah. And if we're angry, they're in an environment of anger. Mm. They're not going to hear we, anything during that time. No, I, I, I can, I hear that, and I think what, what happened in my experience uh, with, with, with the lads, you know, they're, they're grown up men now, but they lived with us for many years, and so my stepsons, and I realised that I was, I was making so many assumptions about why I thought they were doing something based mm-hmm. on my own understanding in that moment, you know, and I would often take it personally. Mm-hmm. Well, they're doing that to to get at me, or they're doing that for the. And of course, they're not. They're doing it because I'm not even. It's not, I'm not even, you know, on their radar. You know, they're doing it because they're doing it. Which raises an extremely important point: mm. how we see our kids is what we uh, get from them. Mm-hmm. In other words, if we see our kids as uh, what you were describing for you know when you got caught up as uh, uh, doing something to to get at you or or something like that, you look at them through those eyes, and that's what you end up seeing. Yeah. That's well, you're looking for evidence of that, yeah. aren't you? In the yeah. end, yeah, yeah. So, so we're not seeing them purely. No, we're seeing them through the filter of whatever we're seeing them as. Yeah. But if we, if we saw them as um, kids who are, you know, really uh, innocent, doing their best, but are just lost, mm. you know, that just that will make a huge difference in the way that we end up parenting from there. What comes yeah. out of our mouth from there is going to be completely different than what comes out if we're angry. Yeah. Upset and seeing them as as um, up to no good. Yes. Yes. Looking for the worst and seeing the worst. Definitely. You know, and that leads me really, really nicely on to ask you about um, there's a section in there um, in the book called uh, Discipline, you know, disciplining your child. And you say at the start of that chapter, if you've jumped to this chapter to find out how to, you know, please go back and read the other chapters before this one because i think there's often a um as a parent we want to fix we want to solve and we want to um uh have the family fit into the mold that we want 
I, yeah, I see discipline as a last resort. Right. Tell me, now, tell now, me about that. Well, because, you know, if we first make sure that um, the kid really is living in an environment of love at the time, and if we have kind of checked in with our own thinking about where we're at about it, about them, and we've checked into to how are we seeing them right now, and we kind of check out what their mood is and know they're not going to be making good decisions in a low mood, just like we can't. And um, uh, do they, what do they understand about, um, you know, like, like for, I'll give you an example, like for, you know, we tell a kid, uh, you need to clean your room. Mm. But the question is, why? <laughs> you know, why do we want our kids to clean our room? A kid isn't just going to take our word for it. They have to see it. And unless we want to stay on their case all the time about cleaning mm. their room, they have to see the value in it for themselves. Mm. Or they're not going to, they're not going to, um, readily do it mm. unless they fear that some punishment is going to happen and do we really want that to be the reason that kids do things is because they fear punishment mm. no we really want them to do it because they see that it's in their long-term best interests somehow mm. but if we just go to discipline just go to punishment even worse or the worst part of discipline is we've missed all that opportunity beforehand that might just take care of the situation in itself without us having to resort to it. Mm. Yeah. And you talk about expectations, about um, understanding each other's expectations as part of that process. You know, be long before discipline and rules and 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 punishment yes um you know uh for example a lot of times um we don't know why we are giving a rule you know like cleaning your room we, you know do we really know why ourselves that we want that room cleaned mm. well unless we've kind of taken a step back from it, reflected on it, come up with a reason for us, why it's important for us. Then through deep listening, we can ask the kid, how do you see a room and being clean? You know, then we have something to talk about. Well, here's why it's important to me. Mm. Because we've reflected on that beforehand. Mm. And we really know We've grasped why it really is important to us, and that's what we then want to convey. Mm. And then that becomes, that's why it's so important to me. Mm. Um, and that's my expectation. Mm. Yeah. And, of course, we're back to seeing the world inside out, not outside in, feeling that the state of our child's room is causing us distress. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you met a parent who was really overwhelmed, right? Just any old parent. A lot of them in my time. I've You're been right. there myself. If you met someone this week, right, they were frazzled, they didn't know what to do next, other than giving them a copy of this book, what would be your key message to them? Well, that's a trick question. Mm. The trick question is because I have to really deeply listen to them first. Nice. To know what the, you know, what I would, what message I would think that they need. I mean, there's a, there's a general message, which is, um, is the kid feeling love in the moment? Mm. You know, it's almost like, you know, we can do a little checklist. are we seeing the kid as well-meaning and doing his best, or are we seeing him as up to no good? Mm. You know, um, does the kid really understand why uh, we are making the their request or setting the limits that we're setting? You know, why is that? Mm. You know, so there's a whole bunch of things that we can, mm. uh, like, say in general mm. but really we want to zero in on it and the only way to do that is to deeply listen to what the parent is saying yeah yeah because we all we all would like to be heard wouldn't we we'd we'd all like to have that space to feel the connection and love when you stop and think about it what's the point of talking if we're not going to be heard yeah but you know how many conversations go on where we feel we're not heard you know right well if you really look at conversations you see a lot of people talking over each other and not really listening to the other yeah the way i feel about it is there's always a grain of truth in what the other person is saying Mm. so we we have to listen for that grain of truth and then we have our own truth and then we have to like come to a meeting of the minds yeah yeah and usually it's a butting of the heads yeah and you know i just want to sort of end this bit saying i really believe that that happens Uh, any parent you know who feel that they've they've got the worst family situation that they they have you know their relationship with their child is broken you know whatever the worst thing could be I think there are always still moments of that beautiful connection. They are there. But sometimes we're so caught up in the fear of of what's going to happen to my child, what's going to happen to me, what if, what if, that we often miss those really lovely moments. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. And it's also, uh, you know, we can notice those things that are sometimes pass really quickly. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that they exist. So we can notice that they exist. And we can have faith that if we kind of like shift our own attitude as a parent, um, that there will be more and more of those things that, that appear and show themselves. Mm. And that's really hope for everybody. Yeah. Ooh, thank you. So I am really going to, I'm just going to say it. If you haven't read Jack Pranksy's Somebody Should Have Told Us 
and or parenting from the heart, go buy them. Really. <laughs> I didn't even pay you to say that. I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you. If um if anybody wanted to reach out to you or you know to 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 maybe get some mentoring or if you're running a program or or anything, is there a website or that that they could go to? And I will put put these in the show notes so that people can have them. Yes, my website is um, www.insideoutunderstanding. One word insideoutunderstanding.com right and people can reach me through that lovely jack it's been my absolute pleasure i've been really looking forward to this and i'm kind of thinking maybe we've got more conversations to have for precarious parenting well just let me know brilliant i've really enjoyed it myself thank you listening to precarious parenting by realization works subscribe to realizationworks.com to access more resources including monthly blogs written to be shared with younger people